Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Game Alone's podcast. Today, we have another market update episode for you. The November market update with my good friend Chanel, one of our fantastic brokers at Grand Union Finance. She popped along to the office in Solihull to give her insight and reaction, along with myself, to the Bank of England's base rate announcement last week. Uh, talk about some of the implications of the market, most importantly, the mortgage market, where we see things heading over the next few months. And we talked a little bit about also what some of our clients are doing, some of our investor landlord clients are doing to try and increase the cash flow that their portfolios are able to make, basically. So if you're into that kind of stuff, stick around because this will be a fantastic episode for you. This episode, of course, as always, is sponsored by Grand Union Finance, the property investors brokerage. We are here for all your property finance needs. So whether you need bridging finance for your BRR projects, whether you need development finance for your big scale commercial to residential conversions, maybe you need a commercial mortgage for that new office block you've just decided to buy, or if you need any help with any kind of mortgage from residential, buy-to-let, HMO, so serviced accommodation, social housing, and any other kind of mortgage you can think of, we are here to assist you. So make sure you click on the link in the show notes below and you will get straight through to our inquiry form on our website where you can ask for a call back from one of our fantastic brokers. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Enjoy this November market update episode of the Game Alone's podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Grand Union Finance uh, market update, mortgage market, finance market update with me and Chanel. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about a few different things today that are going on in the market, particularly the Bank of England's uh, base rate announcement last week. But um, before we get into that, if you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Um, there is a big red button down below and also click the like button as it helps us grow our channel. Um, but let's kick off Chanel with the news from the Bank of England last week, which was that we were going to keep the base rate at 5.25%. Good news? Bad news? What do you think? Well, it's good news for me, because <laughs> whenever it changes, it just causes chaos in my day. It's my, it just, well, in my week, in my month, because it just chops and changes interest rates. As much as it, we know we, it doesn't have a direct correlation to it, but there are like we, they do look at the news and um it does sort of have an effect on on the way that um, it's all great confidence, confidence isn't it that's it yeah so knowing that it's stayed stable it's sort of given us an idea of what's to come which was that we thought it would rise 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 then it would plateau and then hopefully start coming down so yeah fingers crossed it either stays the same or comes down now moving forward yeah. and and that's good news for everyone i guess yeah there was, we should point out, there were still three members of the nine-person committee that voted to put it up to 5.5%. Yeah. So I think that does, and, and Andrew Bailey came out, the governor of the Bank of England, and did say afterwards, don't write off another base rate increase. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether he's just doing that to try and just keep everyone... On their toes. Calm, <laughs> on, on their toes, yeah, a little bit calmer, because if he's coming out and, or, or when it does happen, it will be like predicted, you know, mm -hmm. because he's, it's already been said. Um, but one thing that, that both he and um, Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor, came out and said off the back of it as well was, um, this news, they, they believe that it shows that the Bank of England's base rate policy is working, yeah. because they are now predicting, I think I read it somewhere, that the one of the, the, the best predictions best outcome of a prediction for the rate of inflation, which will be announced later this month for October's figures, down at 
yeah. down off 6.7. That would be a monumental shift, mm -hmm. and I'd be absolutely shocked if it, if it did get down that low. Yeah. Um, but it would mean that uh, the Conservatives hit their target that they wanted to hit by the end of the year, which, uh, which is good for the economy. Um, yeah. But they're basically saying, right, the, the, the base rate, this is working, therefore we need to keep it here for a prolonged period of time now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because the rate of inflation has been stubborn for about four months now, I think it's gone from in the last four months, it's been 7.1 to 6.7, mm. not a huge shift. Um, so, you know, they are starting to say, well, it's starting to work, but now's not the time to pull off the brakes. So, yeah. From a mortgage market perspective, what that says to me is where rates are right now are roughly where they're probably going to be for the next 12 months. Yeah, and that and that's it. In the, we we saw quite a big shift in um, in the in rate of inflation when they started. You know, they they bashed out. They increased the, the rate massively. They did what they needed to do to really shake things up. Um, so yeah, it, it did. It played its part and brought the brought brought. Can't get on. Words out now. Brought inflation down, um, and yeah, like you said, it's just it's going to be a, a slow and steady go now back down to well, well, I say back down to what we uh, what we used yeah. to, but is it going to come back down? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, we've certainly seen. I think next year that um, we're not going to get probably as many rate reductions as probably a lot of people are hoping for. Yeah. Um, so I think number one, if you've got a remortgage coming up in the next six months. I can't see the average rate changing. Um, so holding on and, and sitting on your your standard variable rate for a period of time is probably doesn't not going to really make too much difference. Yeah. Off the back of the Bank of England base rate um, announcement, we've seen quite a lot of tracker rates fall away from the market. Mm. Um, which, to be honest with you, if I was buying, sorry, if I was getting a mortgage right now, a month ago we were talking about trackers. Now, less so with the base rate not probably not going to be coming down by more than half a percent in the next 12 months to maybe even 18 months, mm -hmm. um, a tracker rate just looks a little bit less enticing because generally they are at the moment a little bit higher than fixed rates. So sticking yourself on a new two-year fixed rate right now is, is probably for most people not, not, not the worst option. Obviously, speak to a good broker like Grand Union Finance if you, if you do need any um, help with this, but you know that's kind of probably where where things are going right now but yeah. i also think from a house price perspective and this is where we start talking about opportunities for investors mm. are we now going to see a prolonged period of, of relatively high interest rates yeah. a longer period of buyers being outpriced by the market from a mortgage perspective which is going to force the price of property in the uk to come down so that they can get back to a place where you know the, the, the standard you know joe blogs on the street can actually yeah. afford to get a mortgage so yeah. you know there's a lot lot to be said about whether or not the house prices are going to start coming down we've literally just had halifax come out and say that month on month the average has gone up by 1.1 percent so mm. it's really difficult to determine but certainly i don't think we're going to see some huge boom in property prices in 2024 so that obviously opens up opportunities for investors because i always yeah. say um, purchase price is permanent, interest rate is temporary. Yeah. So if you can get yourself a great deal, and even if you're on a pretty crappy rate, that is going to change at yeah. some point in the future. And, and at the moment, there is only one way really um, that rates are going to start going, which is you know within the next two years, hopefully in a downward projection. So there yes. are opportunities, aren't there? Yeah, 100%. And I was just having a conversation with a client earlier about 
we're still we're still quite early on into this whole chaos aren't we where rates went really high and you've probably still got a lot of investors or existing landlords that haven't felt the hit of the increased rates yet so you've got those those single let landlords that in a year or two time well it may be in a year or so year or so time are going to have a look and think oh no i need to refinance and i can't afford to um again there's still opportunity for that where they're going to be offloading um, yeah, spoke to someone today who's looking to buy a holiday let um, where the landlord is offloading, but they, my client is going to buy it and use a different type of strategy. They're not going to put a single let, one single family in there. They're going to try and increase the rent that that's potential that that property has potential to do, um, and so with the enhanced income that comes in, it means that the loan amount that you need, we can hit that and, and get seventy five percent loan to value on that. So. Yeah, seeing a lot of investors trying out those different um, strategies um, other than the single let stuff, so HMOs, holiday lets and things like that. Obviously holiday lets, there's slightly less entry sort of requirements as well with holiday lets in terms of experience. So um, it is easier to sort of achieve a mortgage with, with no experience with, with those types of uh, lenders so yeah it's um and there, as long are, as there are a few lenders as well that will even accept it on a standard buy to let product as well which exactly yeah. which massively helps because i think one thing we were talking about off camera was this whole idea of okay well if buy to lets are going to be here still pretty hard for the next 24 months if you're an investor what do you do do you sell or do you pivot do you change your tactics do you look at strategies that are going to give you more cash flow in the short term i mean my, my humble opinion is and, I, and i've said this that you know, buy today is a long-term strategy. Property is a long-term strategy. So yeah. even if you're taking it over the next couple of years, um, you know, things will come back around, and, and buy today will come back. We've seen you know the rental uh, rental figures go you know, through the roof in most areas over the last few months. Yeah. Um, rates will come back down. Um, so so that that will help that sector of the market. But if you are in a position where you know you're really looking to grow your portfolio, you really want to start increasing your cash flow. Looking at things like service accommodation, looking at things like HMO as an alternative yeah. is, is where you want to be at. And I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, out of the two of those, the easier from a mortgage perspective to, to get to is probably service accommodation. Because really, you probably won't have to do a lot to the property to get it in a position to rent it on that, on that basis. Yeah. You don't need as much experience. Yes, the market from a mortgage perspective is not as mature as the HMO market, yeah. but um, you know it, it's an easier switch. I think the only difference between that and HMO is, with HMO, you know, if you are struggling to get to the loan amounts that you need, um, you know, you are increasing the rental income that will be taken into account from a rental calculator, so that potentially might help, but then you need a bit more cash to do a conversion. You yeah. know, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that you need to be thinking about there. With service accommodation, there is, um, you know, we might have some issues in terms of getting to that loan size, but there are ways we can manipulate that in terms of rental calculators. But, you know, because lenders will still use AST income as standard most of the time, to, you know, in terms of getting the cheapest rates out there anyway. Yeah. So we work that into the rental calculator. So that might be a, a stumbling block, but for many, it could be a, a relatively simpler way of just starting to get some, some better uh, cash flow for their portfolio. We've certainly seen a lot of our clients make that pivot. Hundred percent, and like you're right in saying it, it's all about being agile as a, a property investor. It's long term, long game, and you've got to get get ahead of the not ahead of the game, but you've got to be able to change your tactics if you need to. Um, 
during the course just to get through if, if, if you are in need of cash flow. I mean, if you're someone who is in it for the long game and you're happy just to sit there and have your products on five-year fixes and things like that, then yeah, you, you do you. But yeah, if clients are relying on these types of um, income to grow their portfolio, then yeah, massively have a look, consider, but also get educated on, on learning the strategy inside out because although I'm saying it's quite an easy strategy to for us to pivot and change from a standard buy to let product to a holiday let because of the entry levels, I think running a holiday let or service accommodation property does have a lot of work in the in the day-to-day -day running of it, um, especially if you're going to be the manager. Um, well, even if you do have a management agency, there is still loads to manage the management agency. So um, it's a lot, but yeah, like you said, um, less entry levels in terms of mortgages. But I mean, we are seeing, I've seen in the news this week that even in Scotland, they've started to sort of change a couple of rules and regulations around holiday lets. And I think they need to have a permit in order to, to rent out on holiday lets. So it's as easy as it is now at the moment. I mean, make hay while the while the sun shines, isn't it? Because, I mean, if anything is to go by with Scotland and, and the changes they've made, that we could anticipate seeing those types of changes in. Absolutely, in and I think you know, on the whole, I do find that um, our clients, property investors in general, are we're quite good at sort of predict, you know, not predicting, but seeing what's going on in the future and sort of making adjustments. To that we've seen that with the re recent sort of EPC stuff. Obviously, the the, the, yeah. the government's U turned on now, but um, the if that is going to be something that happens in Scotland, you know, let's let's uh, let's sort of prepare for it a little bit more. I do I do hope it doesn't happen. Mm. Mainly mainly actually just for our clients' sake more than anything else. It's an extra bit of paperwork to be done. But yeah, you know, and and if I was an investor, I wouldn't be too concerned. You know, we've seen a few things happen in other countries um, outside of England um, that haven't then impacted what ha what happens um, in the English and Welsh markets. We kind of lump those two together, don't we? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen in Ireland, including Northern Ireland, rent, uh, rent controls and stuff like that. That yeah. just doesn't look like it's ever gonna come into play, or should, certainly in the short to medium term, ever come into play in England and Wales. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't come in. And, you know, maybe they're just using Scotland as a, as a, as a testing ground to see, see the impact that it has. But, yeah. you know, certainly up there, they've always been a bit different in terms of their property market. They've got different legals, they've got different surveys yeah. that they do. So, look, always, always best to be prepared. But so. I do think that service accommodation is still a great opportunity. You mentioned there a couple of kind of negatives, if you like, about mm. service accommodation, which is the management and that. I look at that as a massive opportunity. Maybe as a business owner, I see it as an inside different <laughs> life. But yeah. I look at it as well. If you're running a service accommodation business, mm. you have that traditional propco opco kind of scenario where you own the property, but then maybe you also own the management company that runs it. Yeah. Um, you then you can employ people. You can build a ecosystem that works with minimal input in, input from yourself, and then you look at all of the other sort of jobs that you would outsource for the first one that comes to mind is something like cleaning yeah. you know that's something that it happens every single day so you can either fold that into the management company or you could build your own cleaning yeah, company or buy a cleaning company yeah. that particularly if you've got you know if you, essentially if you've got 10 or more service accommodation properties in a particular area yeah. it is going to work out really good for you and probably good from a tax efficiency perspective to own the supply chain of everything that that, of that of that service accommodation portfolio is going to need. So a really, mm. really good idea, I think, to do that too. But yeah, yeah. look, great opportunity. Um, and um, and, I, and I really do hope, and, I, and as much as it hasn't been 
great progress. I do think that we are moving in the right direction from a mortgage market perspective with service accommodation. Lenders are slowly but surely understanding it a little bit more. We are seeing more and more lenders. I mean, we go back three years yeah. and there really was like one handful of lenders that would do it. Mm. That's probably now become two handfuls of lenders, but yeah. that's still a big increase. And hopefully, um, you know, that will continue. Don't forget, it wasn't that long ago that if you wanted an HMO mortgage, you went to a commercial lender. Mm. Um, you know, go back 10 years and that was pretty much the case. So yeah. as much as I hope it doesn't take 10 years to get to where the HMO market is now, um, I think that's it's, it's getting better. Yeah, definitely, definitely get it better. 100%. And yeah, that's it. It's, it's opportunity, isn't it? That's all it is to allow property investors to navigate hard times, good times. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Well, look, hopefully that's been really useful for you guys. Um, as I said before, if you don't subscribe to the channel already, please do hit the notification bell to be alerted for any future videos. Um, Chanel and I will be back very soon with another episode. So if there is anything you want us to discuss on future episodes, drop it into the comments below and uh, we'll make sure to add it into our list of things to talk about. But thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favour to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.